Hi, and welcome back to Feed the Q. I'm Lauren Passell, the editor of Podcast the Newsletter and Podcast Marketing Magic, and the founder of Tink Media, a podcast growth company. And I'm Adela Mizrachi, the founder of Podcast Brunch Club, which is like book club, but for podcasts. And if you want to join us, we have chapters all over the world where listeners get together to discuss a thematic playlist and swap podcast recommendations. So between our various podcast projects, Lauren and I, we listen to so many podcasts. And this show is a way to showcase a few of our favorites in hopes that you'll go and subscribe. So on every episode of Feed the Q, we'll be featuring an entire episode of a podcast we love. So we'll do a little intro so you have a frame of reference. But stay tuned to the very end where we'll do a little rapid fire to give you some more recommendations. So Lauren, what are we listening to today? Okay, I am so excited. I Okay, I have two favorite podcasts, basically. The Daily Zeitgeist and Imaginary Advice, and they could not be more opposite. So the, the Daily Zeitgeist is a comedy news show that comes out twice a day, and I listen to all of it. And it's about the news and whatever's in the zeitgeist. But on the opposite side of the spectrum is Imaginary Advice. And it is a beautifully produced podcast that is composed as what I can only describe as vignettes from the imagination of Ross Sutherland, who is a genius, a funny poet genius. And I think the episodes come out once a month, but I can never be sure. And sometimes he'll say, this is part one of a two-part series. And then there'll be like five parts of the series. You just, you never know what you're going to expect, but you will always be pleased. I promise. And Ross is a poet, but he's also very funny. So it's this combination of humor and poetry that makes me appreciate poetry in this totally new way. And so the writing is witty and sharp and all of the stories are the first of their kind. Yeah. So we'll be listening to an episode of Imaginary Advice. The episode is called Six House Parties. And I personally just love how beautiful it sounds. It really is like art for your ears. So in the episode, Ross takes us to six themed parties. And there's one character who pops up over and over again and comically misses the point of each theme. Each segment is hysterical and lyrical, and it goes out with a bang. But before we drop that episode into your queue, a giant thanks to Clever.fm for sponsoring this season of Feed the Queue. So on the Clever.fm app, you can do all sorts of really awesome, innovative things. It's very much geared for people who listen to lots of podcasts and get lots of information from podcasts. So you can write notes and you can highlight sections and it's really awesome. So go and find it and share about it. So here is the episode. Party number one. The theme of the party is toga. Toga party. You arrive early and help Karen set up the dips. Hey Karen, you say, handing her the guacamole. I hope there's dancing tonight, eh? Yeah, says Karen. It's going to be like the last days of Rome. Ha <laughs> ha. You laugh as well. Ha ha ha. Karen touches you on the arm and then leaves to go get the breadsticks. It is totally on. Imaginary. 
most of the guests have hired their togas from a shop. They've got gold trim and calf straps. They're quite modest, but that's not your style. No, you've gone with the classic bedsheet over the shoulder look. It's authentic, it's animal house, it's sexy. It says, I effortlessly complete the brief. Is that a nipple? I hadn't even noticed. The party fills quickly, like a sexy bath. It is not a suicidal orgy, but it is fun. At midnight, you notice a guy in the corner dressed in chinos and a sky blue sports shirt. Karen is hanging on his every word. She introduces him to you. Hey, this is Dave. Hey dude, you say. Forget your costume. Dave's eyes flit to Karen. He snorts. No, I've come as Toga Matsumoto, the famous Japanese composer. He composed the theme tune to almost every big anime series of the 90s. Your face turns red. Yeah, I knew that, you say. Hang on, I've got to get something. You walk straight out the front door and go home. Party number two. The theme of the party is the letter K. Letter K party. Everyone must come dressed as something beginning with K. There are about eight kings, five King Kongs, two King Kong Bundys. You have come as Chris Christopherson. Cowboy boots, tidy white beard, hair like you've spent all day on the deck of a boat. Kate Middleton has already gone home with Kanye West, which means you are focusing all of your attention on the girl dressed as Stanley Kubrick. She keeps playing the same song over and over and telling the crowd to dance more meaningfully. You ask her if she's got any Beethoven for later. Both of your beards glow in the sugary UV light. You're already the toast of the party after you dispatch the creepy guy who was making inappropriate comments in the kitchen. It's still unclear whether he was Karl Lagerfeld, Immanuel Kant, or just the character from the film Kingpin. Kubrick dedicates a song to you, Dust in the Wind by Kansas. You dance in front of her, seductively. At midnight, there is a ruckus at the door. It's Dave, someone shouts. He's come dressed as potassium. You know, the chemical potassium. Because on the periodic table, it's represented by the letter. Yeah, I, I get it, you say, grabbing their bottle of bourbon as you turn. You can hear the sound of Dave fizzing, threatening to explode if he touches water, the whole party clapping and chanting his name. You sit in a bedroom and drink alone. Much, much later, someone pops their head in. 
and asks you why you're dressed as Jeff Bridges. Party number three. The theme of the party is Pat Butcher. Pat Butcher party. Everyone must come dressed as Pat Butcher. You have come as Malibu Pat Butcher. Grass skirt, a blue dahlia in your hair. In the toilet queue, you get chatting to a nice girl in rally fatigues. She has come as NASCAR Pat Butcher. Tiny Lego tires as earrings. Hey Pat, you say, I love your jacket. Maybe you could take me for a drive sometime. Thanks Pat, she says. My baby's in the auto shop, but maybe you could come have a look at it. What do you know about heavily damaged rear suspension? In another room, the phone rings. Phone call for Pat, someone shouts. You both laugh. At the stroke of midnight, one Frank turns up. He is instantly mobbed by Pats. They swarm him, touching his spectacles as if they were sacred. Frank, Frank, they shout. You don't even have to look round. Someone notices your face. Do you not know who Frank is? I know exactly who Frank is, you say. You catch your reflection in the mirror, then tear off your garland and throw it on the floor. It looks like a big flowery zero. Party number four. The theme of the party is the adversaries of General Victoriano Huerta. Adversary of General Victoriano Huerta party. President of Mexico, February 1913 to July 1914. Most guests have come as the revolutionary Emiliano Zapata, bit obvious. Some have come as President Francisco Moreto or Governor Abraham Gonzalez. There's a couple of Woodrow Wilsons knocking about. It was a messy coup, so there are lots of options for this party, really, if you think about it. Everyone poses for black and white photographs by the fountain, cocktail sausages as cigars. As the clock strikes 12, You hear the sound of someone riding a horse through your host's plastic orange grove. Dave appears, dressed as Jose Cuervo, the tequila mascot, a brace of shot glasses strung across his chest. Suddenly it hits you. Victoriana Huerta died of cirrhosis of the liver. Was his only true adversary himself? I mean, 
Huerta struggled with alcohol since 1907 when he left the army after developing cataracts while serving in the southern jungles. Dependence on alcohol might well have made him more pliable, playing directly into the hands of Henry Lane Wilson, General Bernardo Reyes and Felix Diaz. No booze means no betrayal. Huerta would still be the head of public works planning new street layouts for Monterey. Was all this in the name of revolution or just one man's dwindling capacity for drink? My God, is everything that I know about 20th century Mexican politics a f***ing lie? Bueno, says Dave, pulling out a bueno. Several women swoon over the edge of the balustrade and need to be resuscitated. You remove their moustaches before the ambulance arrives. Party number five. The theme of the party is the Fibonacci sequence. Party starts at one, then goes on to one, then two, then three, skips four, then five, skips six and seven, restart to eight, skips nine to twelve, etc. Everyone dances all night, harmonic intervals going up, melodic intervals going down. At midnight, right on cue, Dave appears. This time with 50 randoms. I'm crashing your sequence, shouts Dave with a smirk. The gatecrashers scatter into the party like ball bearings at a Lindy Hop. A random gets into every conversation, every bottle of booze. They wander around the party, quacking broken sentences until the party turns to a TV tuned to static. Dave, you shout, I got you this time. These people aren't truly random, are they? You've just rounded up all your mates from Venture Scouts. Prove it, says Dave. His eyes rick rolling in the pinkish disco light. Party number six, your party. The theme of the house party is Dave. Dave party. Everyone must come dressed as Dave. The decor is Dave, the music is Dave. You Dave up all the Dave until it looks super Dave. Everyone turns out for this one. Every girl you've ever loved, every boy you've wanted to be, the only topic of conversation is Dave. How is he gonna do it? How can someone comically misinterpret the theme of a party when the theme is themselves? You know that you have him this time. Dave must fail. Dave must fail. You've been chanting it all week as you decorated, whispering it into the paper chains. It's midnight. Every guest turns to face the door. Camera phones at the ready. The door cracks. You hold your breath. As... 
a dog toy is tossed through the crack in the door. A small, purple, dimpled bone that squeaks as it bounces haphazardly down the corridor. Oink. Oink. Oink, oink, oink. You go to say, is that it? But before you can even add the question mark, the door heaves open and all life follows. Every genus of flower, every dead football player, all the trucks, broccoli, gallows, habits, every lineup of the fall, the alphabet, every out of work bodyguard, every second hand microscope, the concept of shame, every great American novel, all the saints, the Samoans, all the Samoans, a hand the size of a courtyard, every terse bellhop, every older flatmate that DJs, every tall funny guy, every disillusioned punk, every can of diet coke, all the geese, Sarah Jessica Parker, every vegetarian lasagna, Frankenstein, every missed penalty, all the goblets, Moorfields Eye Hospital, a lifetime supply of mint flavoured candles, the team behind Sunny Delight, every broken pachinko table, every resurrected slogan, every pregnant member of staff, every man who wears a pink shirt to the office who says, for my sins, when you ask him what his job is, CITV, breast cancer, Pong, wrestling terminology, people called Julie, all the Morrissey fans who say, oh, I don't understand when people don't like Morrissey, and then sing all of the words over the top so you can't hear the f***ing song. I don't hate Morrissey, I can't hear Morrissey, I hate you. Fudge, babies, drawings of lungs, all the couples that wear matching jackets and hang around furniture shops, bunk beds, cholera, Santa, windows, French money, carnival hats, Rob Lowe, all the cuckoo clocks, the entire credits of Rabsy Nesbit, duck eggs, shallow graves, bulldozers, Paul Oster, all the shotgun weddings, newsagent hair. Every fictional character, every children's slide, monkeys, everything, everything ever, from wherever and whenever, for forever, until eventually, at the back of the conga line, you see... You, you see yourself entering the party, one hand raised and waggling. Dave, you laugh in agony. Dave, you've done it again. Imaginary. Okay, 
That's the end of the podcast for another episode. Just time for one last dance if you've got it in you. Everybody to the floor, come on. If uh, you want to support the Imaginary Advice podcast, uh, you can do so by visiting my website. That's imaginaryadvice.com. Just click the button marked support. I'll be back soon. This has been Imaginary Advice. Thanks for listening. Okay, so what'd you think? We hope you liked it as much as we do. If you did, please go do two things right now. Subscribe to Imaginary Advice wherever you get your podcasts. And then let us know you subscribed. We want to know. So we're going to include all the links to subscribe and how to get in touch with us in the show notes. Yeah. And I'd also advise you to give to Ross's Patreon because we really need to support the work that these creators are doing. So let's dish about some extra podcast love. Lauren, what have you got for us this week? Uh, okay, so in podcasts and newsletter, I always recommend, it, you know, if there's one thing you have time to listen to. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about the new show for Lemonada. And I can remember the first time I listened to Lemonada's first show last day. It was like saved in my calendar. I was in Disney World. I woke up early to listen to it on my morning run. And it felt like a big moment and it it felt different and like bold and it felt like it was setting up something important and it was Mm because Last Day has taken us through drug addiction and suicide and now gun control, which seems like the most dangerous territory to be wading into. And Last Day doesn't do stuff the easy way. And Mm -hmm. Stephanie has going to Montana where she meets this like pro gun family and who have lost two people in their family to gun violence, but still is like super pro gun. And Stephanie shoots a gun and has this like culture shock with this family. But what she's trying to figure out, how do we live in a country with 400 million guns? And there was so much hard work put into this show. It's so beautiful. It's so lemonada. Mm -hmm. Um, So go listen to the first episode of the new season of Last Day about gun violence. Last Day is one of those shows, right? Like, I listened to every episode of the first season, like, exactly on the day that it came out. It was so raw and vulnerable because it was hosted by two women who lost their brothers to addiction and overdose. And it was just, I mean you have to sort of like set yourself up for like ugly crying. So like definitely don't listen at work because it it just wrecked me. There were times that it was just wrecked me, but it was very good and very well done. And really what she was trying to do was like answer the question of like, how do we solve this problem? Obviously what we're doing right now is not working. So like, let's figure this out. You know, I just love Last Day and Lemonada. They do some great stuff. So the show I want to shout out is Dead Eyes. I have talked about this show many times. It's this goofy show by Connor Ratliff, and he is a comedian who was fired. So, like, this is the whole thing. He was fired by Tom Hanks from Band of Brothers for having, quote-unquote, dead eyes. And so he started a whole podcast basically centered around this idea of, like, do I really have dead eyes? Is this an actual thing that I have? And do I have to, like, what, what do I do with that? And he has... Actors that have like overlapped with him in the whole acting space. He had um, 
John Hamm on, who has this weird connection to him, who I think they went to the same high school and maybe were in the same play, but John Hamm was a couple years older than him. He finds the guy that actually got hired to play the part and talks to him and they realize that they sort of were like in the same room at the same time when one was getting hired and one was getting fired. And basically the whole, it's been a few seasons, I don't even know how many, three or four, they just had the season finale and it just was everything that you wanted it to be. Like the season finale was everything you wanted it to be. And it's a goofy, funny show that is exploring a question that does not matter at all. It's just like a silly question and it's a good way to escape. Yeah. And it's also just everyone has that thing that they, it drives them nuts. And I think that's what, you know, when Connor started the show, he didn't know he would get Tom Hanks. He didn't know how long this would be. He didn't know how interesting it would be. And I actually, I recommend you listen, if you've never listened, go listen to the first episode first. It stands out in my mind as one of the best first episodes ever of a show. And, you know, it it really explores our insecurities, you know, what drives us nuts about ourselves. It's more than just a nutty idea. It's a great show. It is a great show. Okay, so you have a couple of more recommendations from us now. And I want to hear what you are listening to. So if you are loving a show, we love to hear from fans of shows. You guys are the best recommenders. So reach out to us and let us know. You can email us at feedtheq at gmail.com or reach out on social media. All the links are in the show notes. Thanks and happy listening. We'll see you next week.